Hello and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, President and CEO of the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. Each week, a Chamber staff member will sit down with a guest to discuss what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, develop our workforce, and tell the inspiring story of Greensboro to the world. This podcast is brought to you by Truliant Federal Credit Union a modern, mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. Hi, I'm Jen Hensel. I'm the Assistant Director at Launch Greensboro, the entrepreneurship arm of the Chamber of Commerce, and I'm here with my friend Stephanie. Hello, I'm Stephanie Rivers. I am with the member engagement team as a retention specialist for the Greensboro Chamber. And today, Jen and I and Ivy are here to talk about our initiative called One City, One Film. Yeah, so we just wanted to share a little bit about how this concept for the One City, One Film came about. Um, It really stemmed from a brainstorming session that we had among our staff with um, some really great community volunteers who who have been really central in making this happen. And we were trying to come to an idea where the chamber could help take a leadership role, um, especially in the area of dialogue around tough conversations. And um, we, we kind of took a page from the Greensboro Public Library's One City, One Book initiative um, we actually partnered with them because we, we've we observed how successful their One City, One Book program has been over the years and thought that there was a way to use media, um, specifically film, to have um, this community dialogue and really have some common language to begin dissecting um, the issues of structural racism. So uh, we chose the film, The Hate You Give, um, which is also based on a book. So it's another nice tie in back to the library. Um, So one of the reasons that the chamber really felt like um, a a leadership role was a possibility that this was a good lane for us to be in was we have a program. It's really a leadership development community program called Other Voices. Um, It's been going on for several years um, and it really examines the roots of prejudices. And so we kind of combined um, that model with this um, One City, One Book and came up with One City, One Film. So um, through the work of our committee, which again was made up of a lot of really passionate staff members and community volunteers, we put together three community discussions, um, three different sessions. These sessions were guided by trained facilitators, um, and we started out by discussing the film and some eye-opening areas that, that were revealed through the film, and again with some of that common dialogue Um, And then we really talked about racial inequity as it is depicted in that film and how it ties back to the Greensboro community. Um, Our goal was to build understanding around the realities of racial inequity and structural racism in the nation and tie it back to those who are in the room, which were um, citizens um, and leaders and business leaders in the Greensboro community. So just to talk a little bit more about what actually occurred in these conversations. Um, Like Jen said, we had three sessions and we're definitely joined by um, various community leaders such as the mayor, different council women and council men, 
um, some members of the Greensboro Police Department, as well as other business leaders throughout Greensboro. The participants were broken into small groups and led by facilitators that are trained to help discuss the film. Um, a lot of the feedback that we received from the small groups has been feelings of a new light shed on the Black community here in Greensboro. Um, because a lot of the white participants were able to hear from their, quote, Black neighbors about how the film's depiction of the treatment of Black people was real and alive here in Greensboro. Um, the sessions definitely created a safe space where people could be honest and learn from all races that were on the call. Um, as well as after, uh, after breaking down the film, we talked about different ways to move forward and changes that people wanted to see here in the community. Um, there will be more to come in terms of how to move forward and those conversations that happened about what people want to see changed in terms of um, racial equity here in Greensboro. I think that one of the most impactful parts of the program was a video that was put together by IVG, um, a professional facilitator among many other titles and the founder of Hospitality G LLC. So we're going to share audio from that video in a moment, but first here is IVG to tell us more. Yes, thank you so very much for that uh, introduction, Stephanie, as the jack of all trades, but in this, sharing my passion for community and lifting up community voices. Uh, I had the opportunity to ask several friends for their perspective on policing in their community, and I asked them based on uh, the initiative, the uh, One City, One Film, and they shared their perspective of the hate you give that lifts up several um, issues around systemic racism, around uh, bias, around um, just social injustice. So it, give, it gave me great pleasure to um, allow these voices to be heard and the perspectives to be shared so we could continue our journey as we were seeking for truth. And now here's the video. Hi, I'm Julie Peoples and I live here in Greensboro and I'm a pastor here. My encounters with police officers in this area have been varied. Some have been good, some have been not so good. But I've never had to worry about losing my life during an encounter with police officers. Many of the officers I know now are really good and decent people. But the point is, this isn't about good characters versus bad characters or a few bad apples. This is about a system that is toxic, a system that was designed from the start to target certain groups of people, designed to really escalate violence rather than diffuse it. It's a system created by white people to maintain white supremacy. Black people have borne the brunt of this. At the same time, all of us are caught up in this system, including law enforcement. There will be no equity, no racial justice, until in this country, we commit to a complete rethinking and an overhaul of the law enforcement system. Just imagine whatever your work is or your area of interest, if you were told that certain people were going to die for no good reason, 
and that you could have a part in stopping it. Wouldn't you drop everything to make those changes to ensure no one lost their life? It's time for all of us to work together for the good of all, including law enforcement, including black and indigenous people of color, including all of us. Thank you. Good afternoon. I'm Elijah Hayes. I'm a 19 year old African-American male and I live in the northern region of Greensboro. Good afternoon. My name is Justin Wilson. I'm an 18 year old African-American young male and I live in the Brown Summit region of Greensboro. And today we're here to talk about police brutality in our community and around the world as a whole. Throughout this year and in recent years previous, as a black community and as the world as a whole, we have witnessed the tragic losses and injustice done to African-Americans by police officers. And I do not like the fact that everywhere I go, it's like I got a target on my back by the police. I wish it was better. As we can only control our own thoughts and what we do as people, I really hope that people, specifically the police departments, realize we need to live in a world of love and not hate. And taking somebody's life simply for no reason is just not the way to go. And it's not every policeman, but that one bad policeman just makes them as a whole just seem, you know, not safe. And I, I just hate the fact that every time I go somewhere, even when I'm not doing wrong, I still feel like there's something I'm doing wrong. And at any second, any point, the police could pull out their gun and that could be my life. And just that thought just makes me try to avoid them as much as possible. Even when I'm in trouble, I feel like I don't have no one to call. I just wish things were better in our community. As a black male, and as I'm here with my fellow cousin, I will continue to stand behind my black brothers and sisters. And I will continue to raise my voice to stand against police brutality until the change is made. Hi there, uh, my name is Taika Soryonen. I am an 18 year old here in Guilford County. I have lived all over the world. I am a first generation American, meaning my parents are immigrants. The Hate You Give is one of my all time favorite books. Um, I have it right here. And I'm very excited to be a part of this community discussion. And yeah, I was asked the question, how I feel policing affects my community. And that's a really hard question because something I really grappled with um, following George Floyd's death was this entire idea of, I hold so much privilege within the color of my skin, um, but at the same time, I'm a first-generation American. Both my parents are immigrants. My entire life, my parents have been throwing these jokes that really aren't funny at all to me, like, oh, we're gonna get deported, even though they've had legal status, you know, my entire life, and are incredibly privileged to have that legal status. And something I also really grappled with was this entire idea of comparative suffering and feeling as though, feeling so guilty for the color of my skin and knowing that I, especially in the past, you know, when I was straight passing, that I did not face those struggles um, and that intense fear of police, but I do now. And I know that when I go to the grocery store, the looks that I get from people, you know, those aren't isolated incidents. And when that affects the people that are supposed to make us safe, that's not a thriving community anymore. And it's frustrating because, especially, you know, the height of the Black Lives Matter movement, I felt so distraught and in so much despair for the black community, but also so angry because <laughs> I knew I was white and I knew I had all this privilege, but I still felt like I had never trusted the police, ever. And 
It was almost like the messaging was telling me that I should have because I was white, but I never had. The people who are supposed to keep us safe continue to reflect that. Not safety. Not safety for any person of color. Not safety for somebody who's queer, somebody who's trans, somebody who doesn't identify as cisgender and heterosexual. And that's really upsetting as a young person because I don't feel like those people have my back. I haven't felt like that. And I'm doing everything I possibly can to change that for future generations. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, hi, I'm Gene Banks. And I uh, just wanted to give my assumption and commentary on the concept of policing in the community, especially in the eastern side of Greensboro, North Carolina. I think one of the things that's very, very vital and important is the fact that uh, I think they should be having policemen that have grew up in those neighborhoods in that community. They should be assigned to that community in those neighborhoods because they grew up around uh, the individuals there, the families, uh, aunts, uncles, and people that are neighbors. So I think the first order of business would be to assign a lot of the policemen that live in that area. Um, not every policeman is a bad person. You always have, as they say in, in the bushel, you have a uh, a bad apple in almost in every bushel. And one thing the police department has to do is, is weed those guys out uh, right away. It should be no hesitation, especially now with the climate the way it is. And more so than anything else, a lot of these guys should take anger management classes and, and community classes and spend more time with these situations around the people in the community. And the people in the community have to respect the policemen as well. I mean, there are policemen that have certain type of mentalities and attitudes that's within them that they have been raised upon in their spirit from their hometown uh, or their home uh, bringing up of having some uh, inner uh, evils, I would say, that to have some way of, of, of lashing out on one uh, group of race to, compared to another. And this is how some are more raised, and we have to break that kind of thinking. We're all one people, and the only way we're going to be able to, we have to work in hand in hand to change and fix this thing. The only way the community is going to be strong is that we do have a strong public safety and we do have an alliance and a bond in the group and the police have to basically definitely fix and clean up those that are in there that do not want to protect and serve and also the community people have to reach out and say hey you know these are people that are protecting and serving us and we have to have respect respect goes both ways and that's very very important but we cannot cannot have police brutality anymore thank you my name is betsy harrington I grew up in High Point, but I have lived in Northwest Greensboro for almost 47 years. My experiences with police officers has always been um, pleasant and positive. From a very young age, I was taught that from my mom that if I was ever separated from her or if I needed help to try to find a police officer, that they were kind and they were there to help. I realize, however, that that's not the situation for everyone. In fact, one of my friends one time said in neighborhoods where the residents are largely white, people feel like the police are there to protect them. But in neighborhoods where the residents are largely people of color, they feel like they're there to police them. I realized I had never heard the word police used as a verb, and clearly it was not meant to be a positive way of using that word. So I have never felt worried that I or my husband or my children might be profiled or stereotyped or mistreated by law enforcement. I've never had to have the talk with my children 
that parents of black and brown children have to have. And it grieves me that that talk is still needed and seemingly for younger and younger children. I lament. Hello, my name is Chuck Bird. I've been a resident of the Northeast city of Greensboro and the Southeast County of Guilford for decades. Um, my experiences uh, with the police has been formed out of uh, positive and negative interactions. Um, far too many negative interactions. Um, my experiences of driving while being black, um, being stopped, intimidated, questioned, um, numbers in the double digits and not only from me but for other folks that look like me, friends and family, um, male and female. So um, I had to have the talk with my son and my daughter um, when they became of age, while they were small. I wanted to teach them that the police were their friend and was hoping that they, they would be that if, if uh, children were in trouble, that they would be a, um, a source to be called upon. I'd like to believe that for, my, for myself. Um, my experiences really have shown me that the police will lie. Um, they've done it uh, with me in court. Um, when I asked internal audit to investigate it, it just compounded the lies. Leave it alone because you're up against a system that protects its own. Um, I would like to believe that uh, uh, the police are there to protect and serve, and most are, but there's um, some that use their power and privilege to dominate, intimidate, discriminate, and just outright bully. Um, and it's based on their implicit biases, their prejudices, and their racism. It's a sy systemic issue that needs to be rooted out. Um, the November 1979 uh, massacre of, in Greensboro um, is something that I, I will never get beyond. And the complicit um, apathy of law enforcement and their contributions to that. So um, it's emotional for me. I feel ambiguity when I talk about the police. And um, I hope though that uh, we'll be able to systemically root out um, the causes of injustice in all of our systems, including that of law enforcement and criminal justice. Hello everybody, my name is Alex Shuley. I am a rising senior at the Stemmerly College at NCAAT, and I live up north in the suburb of Oak Ridge. And, you know, when I think about policing and issues related to the hate you give, I just go to my own personal experience and that I've had three encounters with police in the past year. In all of these scenarios, you know, one was a car accident, one was just some stuff around my house, and one at the protest. The police did not need to have deadly force on them. And I guess that's just my two cents on it. From where I live, you know, I don't see a lot of cops around here, but um, to me, not every cop needs to have some type of deadly force on them. On them. And that just kind of made my anxiety ramp up and made the situation worse, in a sense, rather than making it better and making me feel safer. Hi, my name is Olivia. 
I am a queer Latina living here in Greensboro. I have lived in Greensboro for the last seven, eight months, but I've lived in High Point for the last 12 years. So I've technically been living in the Piedmont Triad for 12 years. And I've never had a personal interaction with our fellow police officers in the community, but I've had friends who have had interactions with them. And based off of their interactions, I honestly get a lot of anxiety of the thought of having to interact with uh, a police officer in my community, uh, mainly because I'm a person of color. And I guess I can best describe the feeling of it is just a lot of anxiety. Um, one would think that as a police, off police officer is supposed to do is make you feel safe, but unfortunately I feel the opposite. I just get a lot of anxiety about it. Okay, Ivy, my name is Deja. I have lived in the Greensboro area for almost four years now. Um, and my own personal feelings or experience with police officers is um, I've never really had a personal account to make with them. Um, but I have had family members and friends have their own experience and issues. And just knowing that um, puts a wall up on my end. I just never feel safe um, if I'm in the presence of one, whether it's in a store, a gas station, a mall. I instantly have my wall up. If I'm driving, everything can be done right. Um, and someone and a cop maybe comes behind me, I'm instantly nervous. Um, and that's just because of what I've seen in the media and what I've heard and, and from family members, it just never goes right. I know fa family members that have been pulled over for a cop assuming they were going to break the law. Never broke the law, just did it to for assumption. And I think that's a big issue that's going on right now is assumptions. Nobody's understanding each other from each end. Um, I don't even feel safe on campus with my own campus police because there has been experience um, with friends that they have had issues over stuff that was should have never got that far. So I feel like when it comes to policing, I feel like on both ends from civilians to the police department, everybody needs to communicate and we need to listen to each other, not hear each other. Um, hearing can, can just go on one ear, not the other. Listening is your really um, just taking in what someone says and just um, empathizing with their experience and not just, okay, I hear you, but whatever. It needs to be, this is how someone feels, this is how the police feels with us. Now, how do we go? How do we progress from there? How do we um, get on more of the same page? How do we move on? Because if it continues like this, nothing's gonna get better. It's just gonna get worse. Greensboro has a complicated identity. And we've always been at the crossroads from the Revolutionary War and the Civil Rights Movement on the one hand to our failures around Jim Crow and desegregation, as well as using civility in many community issues to the detriment of racial equality and justice. When it comes to police abuse of power, 70% in the white community would probably say it doesn't exist. 70% in the black community would say it does. We have to come at these issues recognizing that our community is divided and our complicated identity. We don't run from it, we don't uh, deny it, but in order to be effective, we have to acknowledge where we've succeeded as well as where we've failed. We've got to develop an authentic culture of listening. We have to identify points of action. We have to do this within the historical realities that particularly white elected civic and religious leaders have often remained silent in terms of issues of abuse of police power and racial inequality. Considering this, how do we listen authentically? How do we work to build multiracial coalitions? How do we develop the courage and commitment levels 
in order to deal with this issue and also embrace a vision of what good policing ought to be. If we do this well, we will serve as a model both for the city and for the nation. We will be able to not only deal with policing, we'll also be able to deal with many other issues of race equity in Greensboro. I want to be about that work and I hope you do too. So we just really want to thank the community members who shared their voices and shared their experiences so vulnerably and so authentically um, in this film that Ivy put together. I think it really showcases um, a wide breadth of our community and showcases some of the work that really um, needs to be done. Thanks again to Ivy for putting this film together. And if you want to follow Ivy, which it is a joy to follow her on social media every day, you can find her on Instagram at IVJuanValdezG. That's at I-V-J-U-A-N-V-A-L-D-E-Z-G. Or on Facebook, you can find her under IVG. That's I-V-E-Y-G-H-E-E. And um, it doesn't end here, right? We're going to continue to um, have these conversations around structural racism and how we can address it in the Greensboro area. So follow along for updates at um, greensboro.org slash one film to see um, how these dialogues move forward. Thanks so much. This podcast is brought to you by Truliant Federal Credit Union, a modern mission-driven financial institution focused on the needs of its members, the businesses it serves, and our community. With five locations in Guilford County, including a dedicated commercial lending office at Friendly Center, and a highly rated mobile banking app, Truliant makes it their business to help you grow yours. Visit truliant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Impact the Borough is recorded at Press Play Studios. Producers are Brody Cohen Glaze and Holly West. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time.